Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, J.D. Fuller. I'm Susie Younger. An African-American licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a licensed therapist. We talk about the isms. We talk about the phobias. Anything that marginalizes and oppresses. As a white woman, I ask the questions white people are too afraid to ask. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a mental health lens, Susie and I will have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body, and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to change the narrative? Well, welcome, everyone. Our guest today is a board-certified plastic surgeon. Dr. Dimitri has won multiple awards, graduate of Columbia University, and has authored over 30 peer-reviewed publications and book chapters. He's also part of the esteemed Oat Beauty Network, which is an exclusive publication representing an elite clientele of physicians with only two doctors in every major market. He works in both Florida and LA. He's also a cutie patootie who is off the market, boys and girls, as he just got engaged. Welcome, Dr. Dimitri. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Excited to be here. Well, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you very much. So what led you into plastic surgery? You know, just like I think in any career path, it's really once you find a mentor, they, you know, lead you down your path and you, you look up to someone, you respect them and you try to eventually emulate them. And I was fortunate to do some head and neck uh, cancer reconstruction research at Johns Hopkins Hospital a long time ago. And as many people are aware, it's one of the leading hospitals in the country. And one of my mentors then was doing just some amazing surgeries and, and reconstructive surgeries. And then I did my training in, in Dallas. And as many people are aware, you know, Dallas is a kind of high fluting city and a lot of cosmetics going around there. And um, yeah, yeah. that kind of led me down that road. So eventually I made it out to the Mecca of plastic surgery in Beverly Hills. And it's, yeah. I've had an amazing experience and I've been fortunate to develop a, a busy surgical and in injectable practice, both here in, in Tampa, Florida, where I'm at right now and uh, in Beverly Hills. Wow, that's amazing. That's quite a journey. Thanks for sharing that yeah. with us. So we have some uh, questions that have to do with sort of the people who get plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that came to mind was, do you have any concerns about body dysmorphic disorder and kind of you know, how, how that shows itself in the practice. Yeah, I mean, no, ma major concerns. I mean, you that's really, that's why when we see patients for consultation, you know, we screen them, we obviously listen, you know, the number one thing is to listen to your patient and to hear their concerns. And then it's up to your your clinical judgment to see if their concerns actually match reality. And, and you're right, a lot of times yeah. patients come in and they, someone will complain about a little bump on their nose and it's the most minuscule tiny thing and, and putting them through surgery would actually probably create more problems. Okay. And that's when obviously you would want to get a, a psychologist and a psychotherapist involved and um, and have those patients evaluated for body dysmorphic disorder, because you would truly be doing them a disservice if you ended up doing a procedure on them. Well, I appreciate hearing that. So you will decline sure. a, a patient based on psychological reasons. Oh, hundred percent. And um, yeah. again, it's if, if you, you know, it's sad, but their greed can become a factor just like in anything. And, if, and as a plastic surgeon, you know, you make a living by doing procedures, but there's also ethics to this and you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing for someone. You know, I will I'll add on in this day and age with social media and all these filters, 
it's really, um, and you know, with young people are easily influenced by their celebrities. I mean, you know, you see all these pictures of Kim Kardashian and, and all the Kardashians and, you know, it's like, oh my God, what do they do? And I have, you know, Bella Hadid and so many young patients come in and they show me their photo and they like make me look like that. And it's just like, you know, that's, that's not realistic. And, um, you know, it's my job, I think, to kind of, you know, bring them back to reality. That's pretty painful, but you perfectly led me into my next question, which has to do with more of a sort of a cultural perspective. So, you know, as as Black women, we've been ridiculed forever about big butts, big lips, weaves, and it didn't become a thing until white women started to appropriate the cultural norm. And I guess, you know, now you might consider it mainstream. I think it's pretty disturbing from my lens because over the years, I've seen Black women and other women of color sort of get into this process. And it's interesting because it reminds me of when uh, Tommy Hilfiger, you know, co-opted the urban clothing, right? And then he blew it up, made it expensive, and then sold it back to the community took it from, right? And so that's sort of what it feels like is happening now is like now that it's been appropriated and it's gone mainstream, what's happening is that it feels like women of color feel like they they have to, propelled to get in there. And it's it's creating distorted looks for so many women. It's really disturbing. What's your take on that? Yeah. So, I mean, first is I just try to be conservative, you know, in, in all things that I do with my procedures. And I also just focus on the, on the face. So that's my specialty. So you don't, you won't see any, um, you know, big, big booty women walking around that I, that I have anything to do with, but uh, yeah, it is. First off, you know, you just, you always want to be conservative. It's, it's always better to add more perhaps than to overdo it, to have someone come back and maybe, you know, refine things than to overdo it up front. And again, it's just with our society and now every you log on to Facebook, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, there's all this, this stuff is we're very visual society now, whereas, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we didn't have all these applications. And so, you know, you just went down the street and you commented if someone, you know, you found someone attractive or what well, we didn't really, it wasn't pushed down our throats, what's supposed right. to be, you know, the, the popular thing as much as it is is now. I mean, you everywhere you look, you, you know, you see a billboard for a model or for plastic surgery if it is or you know anything so it's just like it's just more in our face now yeah no i think you're absolutely right about that and you know it's a concern because i wonder you know how how far is it going to go like you know i understand it's a profitable industry but i'm also wondering you know how far is too far and when is enough enough like if you know again because of the pressure from and the exposure from social media and the pressure from the industry yeah enough. Yeah, I'm starting to see actually it kind of come a little bit more first full circle as far as lips. Now, again, I, I don't deal with breast or body work. But, yeah. you know, back, maybe three, four years ago, everyone wanted like these full lips, as you mentioned. And then, unfortunately, then a lot of, I would say, non- specialty injectors got in the game, right? And you went, you could go take a weekend course and now you're the world's, you know, greatest Botox injector. Okay. Right? And so, you know, as a, as someone, I'm, I spent 15 years training to become a plastic surgeon and, you know, there's a lot of nuance and, and artistry in what we do. There's obviously understanding of the anatomy. And now, fortunately, you know, I guess in a way that that duck lip is gone away, thank God, or at least oh. I'm, I'm saying a, a trend away from that. And towards, you know, more natural and just like subtle enhancements. So, 
Yeah, I, I can't stand when I see that. I'm almost embarrassed for my profession when I do see that. And um, I encourage anyone out there just to be, you know, to be conservative and just do little by little. And I think the other thing is that it's happening, like you said, so much younger. And you see, you know, these young women with, like you said, enhancing their lips. And it doesn't even go with the frame of their face. It doesn't. You know, it creates a, it creates a, a crease. Yeah. It looks so unnatural. And I'm just wondering, like, who's saying that's okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just coming down from, you know, their favorite, perhaps celebrity, or, you know, there's all these TV shows out there now and yeah. about, you know, with the reality. With, yeah, it's tough. So, yeah, I really try to, you know, talk my patients back from anything drastic. You know, as clinicians, we think everything should have a psychological evaluation before doing it. It's how we see things through our clinical lens. Do you think plastic surgery should have a similar prerequisite? I, you know, I think there are some offices that. It, it, that's tough because, you know, there are patients who come in with very clear cut scenarios where it's, you know, you, I don't know, you 9.9 .9 out of 10 people would say, okay, I agree that, you know, there's an identifiable issue that can be fixed and you could restore confidence to that person. You can quickly impact their life. And in those scenarios, perhaps it may be unnecessary and just add to healthcare expenses. And, and but on others, in other instances, I think it's definitely prudent and, you know, make sure that they're doing this for the right reasons. They're not being perhaps forced or manipulated by a partner or anything like that. So it's, you know, as a, if a clinician has sound judgment, I think they can perhaps make the decision if they feel like it's necessary to go that route. But I, I do see it from both ways. Yeah. I guess the idea is that, you know, like tattoos of which I'm very fond, you know, <laughs> addictive, you know, and I know I would get more tattoos. Yeah. And so that's what I wonder is, you know, how do we make it more of an ethical practice so that doctors don't have a choice but to abide by it? Is there yeah. some way to sort of manage that more effectively? You know, I, I, as we graduate medical school, everyone takes the Hippocratic Oath. And, you know, the first thing it says, first, do no harm. Do no so, harm. Yeah. And so that's just on, you know, there, there's going to be a couple bad apples in every profession, doctors, yeah. lawyers, actors, you name it. And so that's just life, right? I, you can't, you're not going to yeah. be able to beat out everyone, but you know, it should be in the back of every physician's mind is first do no harm. So I think that's, you know, that's, that's at the core of our profession. You yeah. know, it's funny, Dr. Dimitri, I don't know if you know this, but JD was my professor in grad school. And the first thing she said to the class was do no harm and held us accountable for every interaction we ever did in class. And so I'm wondering for you as clinicians, it's really hard for me and I know for JD, we see everyone through a psychological or a clinical lens. Do you look at everyone through a surgical lens? <laughs> Probably, probably in a way, uh, you know, so I, when I, when I consult with the patients, I look, you know, they of course fill out intake forms and I, I see what they're here for. And I can kind of quickly, if it's for a rhinoplasty in, in, you know, less than 20 seconds, I can pretty much, you know, gauge what I would, would do and what I assume is bothering them. But, you know, it's, it's tough not to jump to conclusions because sometimes, you know, you'll be, you know, they'll throw a curveball. But yeah, I do think now, and even my fiance, you know, she'll ask, uh, she's got a very good eye for this stuff too. And, you know, I'll, I'll be thinking in the back of my mind, oh, well, this, this may benefit that person or that. <laughs> But um, it's, it's, you know, out of the good of my heart that it comes yeah, Appreciate you being I, honest about that. Yeah. I can just imagine what that would be like for you. Yeah. So plastic surgery is a lot of elite and elitism, right? 
And you've talked in the beginning about doing work in cancer research and Mm -hmm. parts of medicine that may be a little different. Mm -hmm. In what ways do you still contribute to giving back to society outside of? Yeah, for sure. So actually, my my mentor and Dr. Andrew Frankel in Beverly Hills, we had a very interesting um, scenario. I guess it was a couple years ago now, where there was a patient, Ketchy, and she she's actually uh, famous because she was on on uh, the TV show, America's Got Talent. And she has a beautiful voice. And unfortunately, she was involved in a plane crash of which she was only two survivors. I think it was almost 200 people died in the plane crash. Wow. And she's uh, she suffered just terrible burns. She's an African-American patient and just like the sweetest girl. And she, her face, I mean, there's parts that now the skin has become white. Other areas, she's got scars all over her face. And so she had had, I think, almost 75, 80 reconstructive procedures before she came to us. So Dr. Frankel and I operated on her and he, he he did an amazing job. We released a lot of her scars and, you know, just simple functions like be able to turn your neck and close your eyes. And um, so I think she was, you know, very grateful for that. I was, I'm very privileged to to have assisted him on that and definitely very, very proud as well. Yeah, that's um, going to make you that, feel really yeah, good. Yeah. That's a great story. Okay, for a little bit of levity, for those of us who are sitting in the middle of the pandemic and we're at home, what beauty tips do you have for women that look like me and women that look like JD, women of color? What are some simple, I'm going to grab that one and eat it like a snack? Yeah, well, I mean, that may be a better question for Jennifer Lopez. She said uh, she's never had Botox or anything and she just does olive oil and and lemon juice or what was it? So... (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Well, (laughs) okay. But from your experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, No, I mean, you know, there's, it's really important to have a good skincare regimen. So there's, you know, there's a gazillion lines out there in my office. We really like Obagi products. So to have good skin cleansers and moisturizers. Um, I get a lot of patients who complain about the dark pigment under their eyes. And so I definitely recommend a like a skin brightening cream there to help with that. Because there's only so much like filler, for example, could do really, you have to get on creams too. Wow. Uh, a lot Amaji. of people like, yeah, exactly. A lot of people like to use one of those dermal rollers that helps yeah. kind of surface their skin, promotes new collagen formation. That's an easy thing to be doing at the house. A jade uh, one? The jade one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Go you. Who knew? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I heard you say on some podcast that mayonnaise in the hair. It could. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, hair's, hair's been a, uh, a popular thing actually in my practice. So I, I do a lot of hair transplants. Actually, we, oh. we, had, we had one today. I've worked with a compound pharmacy. And so a lot of males are concerned about the side effects of Propecia or Finasteride. I mean, it's only a percent or two, but some of them can have uh, sexual side effects such as decreased libido or erectile dysfunction. So now instead of taking the pill, we have come up with some topical drops. So if you apply it topically, you don't really get the systemic side effects. That's a nice thing. And even and for females, there's a, it's called Viviscal and that's a, a pill and it's great. I use it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, use it. there you go. And it's great <laughs> for, for supporting your hair. And, you know, you may see a little bit of hair growth with it, but it certainly helps slow down the progression of, of hair thinning. No, it really works. Yeah. yeah. So is mayonnaise a thing? I just need to know. It, it, so if you put it at the root, if you put it on the hair follicle, it won't really do anything. But there's been a little bit of evidence to show that it may help at the at the follicular level. Okay. 
All right. Light uh, or regular? A uh, hundred years ago, I used to use mayonnaise. Mayonnaise and olive oil as a hair conditioner. So let's, yeah, 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 let's exactly. back around again. <laughs> I have a question for you. You know, I know how important it is to have a plastic surgeon work on you because one time when I was in a session with a kid outside, I walked into a tree branch and mm. it tore, tore my eyelid. Ooh. And I went to the emergency room with blood gushing out. And this guy must have used, I don't even know, to sew it up. <laughs> it was, it, it's still swollen. It's twisted. And so I don't think people understand that side of plastic surgery. Like how yeah. important it is to have somebody who knows what they're doing, you know, when you're in crisis like that. Like that's the yeah. part that doesn't get a lot of airtime that I really appreciate. Yeah, no, you're right. And so I, just a quick little background. So I'm the youngest of three uh, brothers. My oldest brother is a heart surgeon and my other brother is a vascular surgeon. So no one in the family asked me for any medical advice. You know, of course, they go straight to the, you know, the, the real doctors. Right. But I'll tell you, whenever one of someone's kid or a relative's kid, you know, trips and falls and they got a cut, they immediately call me. All right. And, <laughs> and, and so to get to your point, you're right. It's important. But I, I you know, no disrespect to like a, an ER doctor or, or perhaps a nurse or someone, but like they probably won't pay as much attention to closing your cut as I will and, or as trained. You know, it's what I, it's what I do all day is suture on the face. So it does make a big difference. I have, I've had actually, I've had probably three or four friends over the last month who've reached out to me about their kids who've had cuts. And I love helping those, you know, in those situations because it, it really can help prevent scarring in the future. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's very important to be meticulous uh, in those uh, instances. Well, well, Look, he's, in, would... he's in Tampa, JD, and you're in Florida. Yeah, so maybe there's a meeting to right. be had. Yeah, I'd like to find that doctor who sewed me up. Offense to him for sure. <laughs> it wasn't a good <laughs> well, okay, Dimitri, I just want to thank you so much. I, I want to thank you so much for being here. It's been great to talk to you. I know we would have, could have had a thousand more questions, but you just got out of surgery and yeah. you're kind enough to join us. And I have another question for you. Yeah. So if you could do one thing to change the world, what would it be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, oh God, I mean, right now in our society, I mean, unity, it feels like we've never been more you know, divided, male, female, black, white, you know, Republican, Democrat, uh, you name it. So it would just be nice if, if, you know, people could see both perspectives, if we could find common ground, work together. It just, um, it's too bad things kind of got to a, a boiling point, I think, recently. And, you know, we're all, I think at the end, it's kind of, you know, over said, perhaps, and cliche, but I mean, we're all American, right? We're all, we're all proud to be living in this country or we all, we all should be. And it's a privilege to be American. It's a privilege to live here. It's a privilege to have the freedom and to have, you know, soldiers who, who work, fight every day for our freedom. So I just, yeah, wish that we could all come together more and, and um, see, you know, both sides and be respectful. I think a lot of uh, somehow somewhere in the last, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it may be, it's been a loss of respect. And I think we need to to reestablish that. Yeah, I, you know, I hear what you're saying and I totally appreciate it. I also feel like we have to be honest about the history of this country, Yeah, you know, and, and start teaching people the truth. And I think that, you know, once people receive validation for what they've been seeing all along and knowing all along, you know, then you can start to have honest conversations that heal and change systems that are corrupt. There's a mm -hmm. lot of corruption that prevents that unity. And that yeah. has to be 
looked at. So I, I appreciate your perspective. And yeah. I just thank you for a thoughtful interview. It was really uh, great to hang out with you and talk about Yeah, this. of course. I had a great time. Thanks so much for having me on and uh, look forward to coming back in the future. Yes, absolutely. Oh, We'd love that. Can you tell me uh, where people can find you? Yeah, for sure. So I, I go by Dr. Dimitri. Uh, my last name's too long for most people to pronounce. It's uh, Arnatakis. I have an office here in Tampa, Florida, not too far from Tom Brady's house, actually. We're the uh, host of the upcoming Super Bowl. So this is a crazy time here for the city. And then I also I also have an office in, in Beverly Hills, California. And so I pretty much go back and forth. I have patients, honestly, from all over the country who come visit both offices. I love what I do. And I'm, I'm very, uh, very passionate about it. I love it. And you know, we can hear the passion. We, <laughs> we can hear the passion. I agree with Susie, you are a cutie patootie. So uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on, Doc. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Have a good Take night. Care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.